Welcome to this week's Henchmen of Comics. I'm Alex Eschback. And most of the time, I'm Matt Golden. And this week, we are talk- we're doing the last installment of our classic series, and we're going to be covering the last three trades of Why the Last Man. Yeah, uh, it's my one of my all-time favorite things to do is go back and reread some of these really classic series, and I'm, I definitely think I came away with some revelations. But I think before we get into that, I think there's some some really big things that have uh, happened in the comic book world the last week. And kind of on a serious note, I think maybe uh, we'll talk about uh, Stan Lee passed away, which really fucking sucks. Yeah. uh, It was awful. Uh, Matt put up, I thought a great Instagram post on our Instagram talking about Stan Lee. uh, And he was arguably uh, the most important figure in comics today, created most of the characters that everyone loves uh, and has his, fingerprints all over the largest movie franchise ongoing uh or not just largest entertainment franchise across video games uh even mobile games to comics themselves to television shows to the movies like i mentioned and all that he inspired the people that we're talking about uh today that we've talked about every single week he's had a massive uh hand in each and every one of their lives, and including probably all of you guys too. So I know that it was a, a really sad moment for everybody. Yeah, this I mean, this one, I mean, a lot of celebrity deaths just kind of bummed me out for people that had a large impact on your life. And this one was one that, like, every time, like, I came across a news story about it, like, because over the past few days, it just made me sad each time. I know, like, I listened to Fat Man on Batman or Fat Man Beyond. I don't think you do as well. Mm-hmm. And they recently posted an episode about Stanley, uh, and I just I just had to delete that podcast because like I knew I, it would just destroy me. Them talking about all their favorite moments, uh, especially from people who knew him personally, like Kevin did. Uh, I don't even think it's safe to say I know for a fact that this is the biggest uh, passing of anybody in the comic book realm that can or will ever happen. So I know that a lot of people out there are just really really affected by it, and rightfully so. It's Somebody who's touched pop culture and, and shaped the way that this country has gone on top of all us fucking nerds out there. It's it's the whole world that's changed by this guy. Who is your favorite character that Stan created? Stan's responsible for probably more iconic characters than anyone, at least co-creating more iconic characters than anyone else in comics. Uh, Tony Stark, just because I really relate to that fucking Iron Man. Yeah, it's I mean, it's almost impossible to pin it down to just one. I mean, he created Tony Stark, Thor, Hulk. Hank Pym. I mean, even Peggy Carter uh, is attributed to Stanley. The original X Men. Uh, yeah, the original X Men. Mine personally is Magneto. Uh, I mean, he's. I think the greatest film in comics history. I love the X Men anyway, and uh, just having him start off with that, uh, I thought is a character that I've always loved and will always lead anything related to Magneto. Uh, what about your your favorite Stanley cameo, bruh? I'm gonna cheat a bit. It's not like a true cameo. It's more of a guest star. But it was when Stan Lee was on the episode of The Simpsons. Oh, nice. Uh, with Compa Guy. I mean, the line I've never forgotten is when Bart, when Stan's signing at the comic book store, and then Bart comes back a couple days later, and Bart's like, Stan Lee's still here? And Compa was like, Stan Lee never left. And you <laughs> see Stan taking someone's Batmobile, and the kid's like, only Batman will fit. And he's like, nonsense. The thing will fit just fine. He shoves the thing <laughs> in the Batmobile. You see Stan uh, moving Marvel comics in front of DC comics on the shelves. <laughs> 
It's just it's one of the greatest uh, Simpsons guest spots of all time. Uh, and that's my favorite cameo that Stan ever did. What about you? Man, I'm going to sound like a real chump next to that. Uh, but one of the most recent ones, the Thor Ragnarok one, where he's the um, uh, the hair cutter. I don't, I don't know why I can't think of the word for... <laughs> Stylist? Hairstylist? Yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> nobody, I don't ever go to get my hair cut. Mm. It's long. I've got a sweet mm. rat tail right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's just got this insane contraption, and Thor's just like freaking out at yeah. the, the idea of him getting his long yeah. mane cut. It's great. Uh but, I mean, what's been said about Stan, we really don't have much more to say that hasn't been said already. Uh, so I think we'll go ahead and move on to talking about Why the Last Man, issues 43 through 60. Yeah, speaking of absolute classics, uh, this is some of the best written things uh, in the comic book world that I've ever experienced and anybody could ever experience. Yeah, it's, I mean, like we've, we've talked about at length, it's a phenomenal series. It's being developed into a TV show. Over at FX, I believe, which we've also talked about. Uh, but this first part of the story is with them, uh, them being Dr. Man, York Brown, and Agent 55 in Japan. Yeah. Uh, they ampersand is lost, and they finally arrive chasing after him after surviving the high seas. Yeah, uh, it's a really interesting um, arc of the story. It kind of sets up the end game, really. I mean, it's this is the last one where I think everybody's all together, if I'm not mistaken. They're they're together in nine for Are a they? bit, yeah. For just, uh, yeah. But not, but and they, and they I yeah, mean, it's they, the last one. Yeah, where yeah. They're All together for the whole thing. And well, in parentheses, they do part ways uh, in this book too, because I think York has a great line where he talks about how this will just be another in a, a another series of emotionally crippling misadventures, which I think is just a great, beautifully written dialogue line. Uh, that shows how York thinks of things. Like he's aware that all the trauma he's gone through is in fact trauma, but he labels him as misadventures, which just shows that even when like things are toughest, he still overcomes them uh, with his sense of humor, which is how he copes with things. He's hoping that the, the labor of their love is just going to blossom into this wonderful outcome that everybody's hoping for. He's going to finally meet up with his girlfriend. Uh, and then, they're going to find a cure for... But first they have to get their monkey back. Yeah, they got to get Ampersand back. Uh, which they learned pretty quickly that Ampersand is being, uh, was sold to a pop star. Uh, yeah, what do you think of this pop star character? Uh, I, she, she was, I think, I thought largely inconsequential. I thought it was interesting how basically all of her droves of fans were her de facto bodyguards uh, yeah. in her place. I don't think she did enough coke. Yeah, <laughs> she does mountains of it, but I don't. I still don't think she did enough coke. Uh, but she was cruel to Ampersand, which is why you want to see her meet and end. Because anyone that's cruel to a harmless little capuchin monkey deserves deserves a cruel fate. Agreed wholeheartedly. That's one of the few times I think I've ever agreed with you. But yep, <laughs> on the money there. It's. Uh, I mean, this was. I want. This is not like the penultimate storyline, but it. Almost feels like it is because I don't get to it in a bit, but like, because I feel uh, the second to last storyline is the end of one story and 10 is kind of like one giant long epilogue in a way. Uh, so this almost is like the penultimate storyline to me. And it you get more emotional levels between 35 and York and how close they are and how close they might be. Uh, you also uh, see how Dr. Mann and Rose, the Australian on the ship, have grown closer as well. 
I don't know about you, but this is the first time in the entire series that I start rooting for three five agent three five five and York to be together. I usually like most of the time I was like, oh, just let him be with Beth. Like, go find yeah. your love, dude. Yeah, I mean, this was uh, this storyline. This uh, felt, I think, anyways, featured heavily on Doctor Man. Uh, we get Doctor Man's mom in the storyline where she stabs Rose, stabs her girlfriend because she's still there intruders, not because. Doc Bear was involved. Yeah. Has your mom ever stabbed your girlfriend, now wife? Uh, no. Not not as of this recording. Yeah. At least like four or five times for me. I hate it <laughs> when it happens. It's just so annoying. Like, mom. Ugh. Uh, I roll my eyes so hard. But this is a storyline with a lot of stabbing. Uh, Dr. Man <laughs> gets stabbed yep. uh, because the mysterious ninja reenters the picture to try and capture ampersand once again after losing ampersand her name is toyota because uh, of course it is yeah because it's a classic name yeah uh and we get a lot of backstories towards this one we get uh dr man's backstory we see her childhood as she growing up around her father and around her mother and how certainly non-conventional and how they were not i would say the best role models for her especially her dad um we see her in college uh rocking this sweet like 80s punk rock do yeah. Uh, and punk rock outfit, uh, basically falling in love for the first time uh, with a girl at her college who basically just implied that she was just towards the end of it. Cause we see the breakup basically like she was just gay for college and during college, not like seeing it as a serious relationship, but also kind of shaped Dr. Man who she was and kind of made her hard and distant as well because it was real for her. Yeah. It was uh super emotional. Uh, you kind of get to see these characters that you've, watch for, for shit at this point how many issues is it that probably would matter like issue 46 i want to say yeah that's when you really get that yeah you 45 issues that you've read so far and you finally get to to really delve into one character's backstory like that's kind of crazy that you've gone that long and then we just now get well get and we get big our big up. reveal for people that didn't for uh it was that dr man was trying to clone uh inside herself and using herself basically as the vessel to carry the clone to term uh, with her assistant as well, which, uh, which was alluded to back when we first saw Dr. Man when she was in the hospital. Uh, so that's, that was uh, interesting that we got closure on that storyline that was hinted way back. I want to say maybe you're on like issue three or four. Uh, but we also get a backstory on Alter as well who has basically been the overarching villain of the series. She was, for the first few storylines, kind of disappeared for a while, would pop up in an issue every now and then. But now she's reappeared because the Israelis are still hunting down York uh, at Alter's command. And we get to see what her childhood was like as well. Uh, pretty bleak. Yeah. She was really close to her sister. I thought that was a, a nice relationship. Uh, Humanized this otherwise war-loving... Well, it was interesting because, like, when it, when she was a kid, she was playing war, and her sister scolded her, talking about how in Judaism, like, you're supposed to value life, uh, and so to take life, even that, like, a Palestinian is a contradiction within itself, and so you should strive for peace. Uh, and she's talking to, to the little girl, Alter, who was playing war, and Walter, like, Alter understood, but Alter also said that she was killing Nazis. And she's like, oh, well, that, that's okay. Yeah. yeah. Because if you're killing Nazis yeah. or punching them, whatever you're doing to them, it's probably fine. Yeah, that was a little touch. But we just kind of learned how Alter embedded herself in the army. Uh, and she would basically step on anyone's 
neck or even her commanders as well for what she thought was the right call, which usually tended out to be the right call as well. Uh, does this humanize alter to you at all? Does this make you not for me? I like, I, I thought it was a nicely written issue, but like, and I, I sympathize with, with alter, uh, but I still wanted her to meet, uh, a bitter end, but mostly too, because what happens later, uh, in the next storyline too. Yeah. There's several things, uh, several backstories that we get to see in the last like 15 issues or so. Yeah. Uh, I think there's like four different things. Well, and some of it is just like wrap up and well, and this one ends with basically, uh, York being captured, uh, basically everyone being captured. Uh, and we start the next, uh, storyline with them waking up in a hospital, uh, or a, uh, not a hospital, but like a medical center, I would say, uh, with and it turns out big twist york is not the last man on earth because dr man's dad is alive dun 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 which we should have mentioned both of dr man's parents were also scientists like uh she is yep turns out her dad has been making clones of her because he thought he was a really shitty dad yeah and it was partly ego as well too uh are you sure yeah um but there was this like there's this great moment like there it's this big reveal. He reveals that the uh, ampersand was actually his monkey originally, and it got sent to York uh, by mistake on a mishap. So there's a lot of happenstance for all this to happen. Yeah, we've seen that in the past before. Yeah. Like, we knew that there was a mix up, and that there was a reason that that monkey was the one that was, you know, uh, saving York's life. So we we had known that going into this bit, but and he also blames himself for all men dying. Because, like his daughter, he was also trying to uh, have the first successful human clone. And he did. He cloned his daughter. And the moment that the clone was born, uh, all the men died uh, to the T. Basically, it's explained that uh, asexual reproduction is possible. Therefore, uh, there's no need for men anymore. Yes, as... uh, um, as and, I so eloquently put it, yeah, yes. It was like, I explained it earlier, but like a morphic resonance. Uh, that's what I said. <laughs> uh, and that that's his theory uh, as to why. And there are other theories in the book as to why the men died, but that's the one that he believes the science backs up. But what I love about this, this scene, it's very intense. It's very emotional between Dr. Mann and her father. And it's this massive reveal, but they're speaking uh, Chinese to one another. And York doesn't understand what's going on. And York is right next to them. And York just keeps talking about if he had a pen, he'd be able to get himself out of his restraints in his hospital bed. He <laughs> just needed a big pen, just anything like that. And I thought that was just a great reading bit to uh, have a little bit of levity in this really dark, tense moment. Yeah, and then as it turns out, uh, Dr. Man decides that men don't need to live anymore. So he decides that he's going to kill Yorick and himself. Yeah, after he ups the morphine drip on Dr. Man. So she's unconscious and doesn't get to see any of it. Yeah, um, but it turns out she did. He wasn't paying attention to her like she said he always did when she was growing up. She and she gets that she summons that big dick energy. I don't think that's really like the appropriate way to put it, especially <laughs> for the entire series of this book. I mean, uh, uh, again, yeah. agree to disagree. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I mean, for a strong, powerful female character who also identifies as a lesbian to talk about summoning their big dick energy in a world where all the men are dead. Uh, mostly. My apologies. Uh, you're 100% right. 
Matt takes different messages from a lot of things. Yeah, I misread yeah. that situation yeah. entirely. Um, but she basically she kills her father uh, to save York's life, which yep. was a, an amazing moment for Doctor Man. Um, and really, very, very uh, Oedipus moment right here. Yeah, it, and I think it was cathartic for her too because, like, as we saw with her backstory in that last storyline, she definitely had issues with her father as well, uh, which was hinted at, and Matt put it. Uh, very well. T- calling it an Oedipus moment. I can't remember what the female version of. Thanks. I learned that in AP English in sixth grade. Uh, I just want to shout out to my teacher, Miss Hardison. Love you, Boo. Well, congratulations, Miss Hardison. You've made it now. All I actually don't years. remember my uh, sixth grade teacher's name, <laughs> but Miss Hardison was my favorite teacher. So there you go. Hey, congratulations! All your years of being underpaid as a public school teacher have finally paid off. What up? Um. But this is, I mean, this is mostly, I feel like the, the second last story, the volume nine is really Dr. Man's storyline. Cause this is the last time we see her as well in the book. That's not true, but it's the last time she's prominently featured. I don't remember her showing up in the last volume at all. Yeah. She shows up right at the very, very end. Okay. Uh, when they kind of like have a go back in time moment. But now that, Dr. Man's going to stay on and continue her father's work of cloning. Um, now that she has ampersand and the sample, she thinks she'll be successful. Rose is going to stay and help her as well. So that to me, like this is why I view this as like the final storyline because the apocalypse storyline is essentially solved at this point. The, yeah, we the figured story, out what happened. Yeah. We figured out what happened. Probably. There's now, there's now a solution. Most likely there's now a solution in place or a potential solution in place. Uh, that has a likelihood of succeeding or being more successful than doing nothing, which is what they were doing before. Uh, but now the only storyline to wrap up is what the last volume is about is York and Beth reuniting in gay Perry. Yes. No less. Uh, and this, this has one of the best opens I think for any of the storylines, but it opens with three fifty five in York on a train. Uh, and in the train, there's Lennon's body. Uh, uh, in the a joke that they make at the very beginning is fucking top notch. Yeah. Um, do you want to repeat the joke? Uh, it's something to the tune. They, they find, uh, Lenin of, uh, Russian fame. Uh, for those of you who may not know, they find his body, uh, encased in, in glass and he's all frozen. It's his tomb. It's yeah. Yeah. The tomb of Lenin. Yeah. Um, and I think York says something like John Lennon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, 355 basically just smashes her yeah. hand against her skull and thinks, oh my god, this guy's a fucking idiot. And he's like, I'm just making a joke. This is I a, know who it is. This is one of my favorite ones. Come a little bit after that. Like, York realizes that if there's Lennon's body and they're transporting it for safekeeping, that there'd be armed guards around. And eventually armed guards do show up. And 355 is speaking Russian to them, trying to defuse the situation. And they search them and they pull out York's lighter, which is a tribute to, Once again. to Preacher. And it actually has a a little bit of meaning the story, but the lighter reads "fuck communism." Uh, before yeah. we, sorry, before we talk about that, uh, there's a, an even better moment. Maybe it's maybe it's after it, but they talk about the Beatles song, and yeah. it's extremely. That, apt. That's after it, but yeah. Okay, sorry. Well, then let's continue. Well, let's continue first. Uh, but no, no, no. I want to talk first. No, go ahead. And they see his lighter, uh, and they automatically 
uh, think that they are uh, anti-communist, which is just a great little moment. I just thought that they thought they were preacher fans and they weren't (laughs) fans of Garth Ennis or his work. Well, York tried to explain that through a comic book, but unfortunately York doesn't speak Russian, so it doesn't really help him out all that much. Darn. Uh, But surprisingly, they don't meet their death at this train station. Uh, and they make their way to Paris, and then wasn't well, c- surprising because there's still this is like the first four pages of the last book. <laughs> I don't think it's that surprising. And we uh, also get a storyline with Hero, the Hold other on. Beth. I want to talk about this other uh, this other bit first. York's baby. Okay, yeah, we'll get there. Okay. But there's a fun fun moment uh, because York this entire time has been carting around Ampersand, this capuchin monkey, and he and three five five have a very tender heart to moment about the song. Everybody's got something to hide except for me and my monkey, which is really great. And they get into the meaning of it. And it's really sweet. And I really enjoyed it. That's all I wanted to say. Now, I guess you can move on. Do you, what do you think about the song? Everybody's got something to hide except for me and my monkey. Uh, I don't think that song was covered by real big fish. So we're just going to keep on moving. Uh, does that mean that you like it? No, it's not. It's not a ska song. So the Beatles have one good song. It's Obla D, Obla Da. Mentioned Desmond Decker. And that's really about it. Uh, I would actually kind of agree on this one uh, with you. Just I'm just not a big fan of that song. I love the Beatles, but this song is not not great. Because you're not cultured enough. I am uncultured <laughs> swine, yeah. uh, as my mother likes to tell me. Um, and it's pronounced the Beatles. The Beatles. There's an A in there. Uh, did you buy the hundred dollar? Quick no. aside. No. You didn't no. buy the hundred dollar demos on vinyl. No. By the way, those demos are fantastic. If you haven't listened to them, go to Spotify, uh, download and subscribe to our podcast, <laughs> and then go type in the Beatles. And the Beatles is spelled B-E-A-T-L-E-S, not B-E-E-T-L-E-S. I know it's kind of weird, but type it in that way. That's how the band is spelled. And go listen to their new Escher demos. They're fantastic. Anywho, back to our podcast, I think, that we're doing. Yeah. Is this one about uh, all the um, the drugs that we do, or is this one about comic books? It's about comic books. Got it. Um, it's not about the copious amount of cherry Coke Zero that are consumed <laughs> during this podcast. I'm looking around, Alex, and there's no lie, uh, 17 different Coke Zeros from all the times we've recorded. And they're actually all 12 liter bottles that get them specially made. Yeah, he drinks at least two an episode. Um, but uh, that was a lie. We also get a storyline uh, with, like I was mentioning, we see Hero with the other Beth York's uh, daughter. Uh, the Russian and the astronaut that had her son as well. Once again, showing that York is still not the last man on Earth. Uh, but basically just talking about how they need to keep running away from because the Israelis are still pursuing them and pursuing York. And they also uh, hop a plane, I guess, because we don't know how they travel. But they also make to Paris as well. So we realize that the two are going to intersect. I thought that there's a really sweet moment. But they see... Uh, a flyer with the contact written off, but it's a picture of Beth and York together, basically saying, like, have you seen this man? Uh, so let's assume that most likely Beth probably put that there. Yep. That's what my assumption was. Yeah. But uh, 355 and York meet up and have a heart to heart. And 55 hands York a scarf that she knit him. York makes a reading list for her whenever they get separated, and they run back out into the streets of Paris. And York puts a scarf on, and 355 has disappeared and gone. And he's calling for her, and someone says York, and it's Beth. Uh, so 355 basically knew where she was and led York directly to her, and they're reunited finally. How'd you feel about this? Um, excited, melancholy. Um, I felt all the emotions here. 
Why were you uh, melancholy? Because a woman gave up the man that she loved so she could um, basically give Yurik what he really desired, what she thought that he really desired. I was stoked for it. I ship uh, <laughs> York and Beth. I do not stand that yeah. relationship. Uh, so We're so millennials right yeah. now. Yeah. We're so cute. We are definitely part of the Will 2K. Uh, <laughs> we're millennials. <laughs> now, which, by the way, is the greatest rap album of all time. If you haven't checked it out, Willennium by Will Smith. There's no cursing for all you people who are straight edge. Perfect. I know there's a big crossover between Minor Threat and Will Smith fans. Yeah, obviously. Uh, um, But they meet up. They have sex, as they probably want to do after. Which, having- here's something that I thought was actually kind of brilliant. A lot of times, like, when comic book characters have sex... Uh, they are very quickly clothed. They don't really kind of linger on the moment. A lot of comics will try to maybe show a boober three and then <laughs> quickly pan out of that. But for like three or four full pages, they're just both butt ass naked. Having conversation. Which, yeah. Having a conversation, which I thought was very interesting. I actually had a, a lot of thought about it. I thought it was kind of brilliant because if you've gone five years, maybe on half a decade without seeing each other, you're not putting your clothes on. You were just banging till the break of dawn. Well, and just it just also what's the purpose of getting dressed? They have nowhere to go, nothing to do. The world's ended. It's they've reunited, and they have a very powerful conversation where basically Beth confesses on the phone call that York was having with her right before the uh, all the men died. I what? think is this the same time when all the buildings around them started blowing up? And where is my mind played? Uh, you're thinking of the movie Fight Club. Ah, shit. yeah. Um, Wait, is this not Fight Club? It, it, it's almost Fight Club. This <laughs> okay. is actually the sequel of Fight Club. Oh, so happens after the buildings blow up. Don't watch or don't read Fight Club Two. I hated it. Still fighting. Still fighting. <laughs> or fight sub clue. Still clubbing. Either one. <laughs> That's Fight Club Three. Okay. There you go, Palinuk. There's your next billion dollar idea. They're actually doing Fight Club Three, by the way. Are they really? In graphic novel form. Did you read Fight Club Two? No. No. Don't. Okay. <laughs> uh, c- continuing on with our classic series where we talk about nothing else but the classic book. But yes, Beth reveals that she was going to break up with York. Uh, even though... Uh, Which, that's so shitty. Like, you've had five years yeah. to think about what you would say to this person yeah. and what you say in and less it, than it, a day. Less than 12 hours is, I was going to break up with you anyways. Yeah. Well, and she makes it worse because she tries to make it better by saying that, like, you weren't, like, the guy I wanted to be with then. But now, after everything you've been through, you're the guy I want to be with now. Yeah, now yeah. you're a big fucking yeah. hunk. Let's let's yeah. bone till the, we're dead. Because you're changing. Yeah. You're not the same man that you were. Uh, which is, I mean, it's honest, but it's still painful. And after York has gone through hell and back to, to reunite with her, um, York storms out of the apartment. Because um, it, it, it just destroys him. And I thought it was great because on the next page, you see... Hero come in and Beth standing where she was when York left, and she realized that it's Hero, and she says that she's been standing there for hours hoping York will come back. So Beth has realized like the damage that she's caused as well. Although that was a nice moment, it was lovely. And York finds his way back to three fifty five. Yep. And the Israelis find Hero and the gang. This is the third to last issue. Um, York stumbles upon. 
355. She's actually gone dress shopping. She traded in her gun for a beautiful dress and she's just ready to live her post-apocalypse life uh, and kind of find out who she is. But before that happens, her and Yorick uh, reconvene and they're basically confessing their love. Yeah. They're about to kiss. And And before that happens, the Israelis have been with Hero and tied them all to chairs. Uh, And they all leave when they realize that York is not there, but they leave one Israeli behind basically to make sure they're there and to threaten uh, York's daughter. Um, And uh, essentially the Russian comes in with uh, the astronaut and the boy and saves their lives, essentially. Uh, So all of the, the clan is saved. The group is saved. But flashback over to 355 and in York. She, 355 is about to tell York her real name and they're about to have yeah. just the well, sweetest, most beautiful moment. I thought it was great. She leans in and tells York her real name, but when she tells him, the panel is cut uh, outside the window frame, so we don't get to see what they say. And then it cuts back to York uh, talking about like how like that's it, uh, which I thought was a really subtle, nice moment that we, the reader, didn't get to know. It was a secret that only 55 and York got to share. Yeah. Just made it feel even more intimate. It was incredibly intimate. And to have an intimate moment in a comic book and be able to actually express that is extremely skilled. And then also, spoilers for Why the Last Man, uh, episode <laughs> issues 43 uh, through 60. Good timing, though. Uh, because you know what happens next? My world comes crumbling down as Alter is sitting across from this building with a sniper rifle, and she puts a bullet straight through 355's head. Yep. Before they have a chance to kiss. Yeah. And that is how... The uh, third to last issue ends with York just with her body in a dress, and she is looking incredibly uh, beautiful dead. and feminine and dead. Yeah. Uh, he's only ever seen her in like jeans and like a hoodie yeah. for five years, and then all of a sudden she's just dead. Yeah. So I had to put this down mm-hmm. at this point. I could not keep reading. I was I was about to fucking just ball yeah. and lose it. I forgot that it was so dramatic and Brian K. Vaughn, if I haven't said it a hundred times, maybe I haven't, he might be the best thing that's ever happened to comic books. He might be. Uh, you and I both gave Saga our series of the year last year. Overall, uh, we both love him as a writer and Pia Guerrero is fantastic on this series too, as well. Not to undersell their artwork in the least. Uh, but let me it- go ahead and, and take this brief time. Before we finish this and say, and I know it's probably a weird time to say it, um, but at this moment, I instantly thought, this is the greatest series I've ever read. This was the first series that I actually ever read um, that was longer than, you know, three trades or anything. This was the first one that I finished like that. And upon rereading it, there is absolutely no doubt in my mind that is better than anything that's ever been written uh, in the world of comic books. It's so touching. It's so beautiful. And it's so sincere. It's a perfect series. It There's nothing better. Um, the the saying, kill your darlings, Brian K. Vaughn's not afraid to do it. He knows that it's going to only make it better. He knows that it's only going to make you care more and feel more. But I was in a funk after I read this. I know. It's a very depressing issue. And the issue, the next one begins... With uh, Alter coming after York uh, by throwing a smoke, smoke grenade, bomb. yeah, or some sort of gas inside the room. But Which he, this was 
possibly one of my favorite panels of the entire series here. You get uh, a few frames of the gas fill in the room. You get York looking at 335. Uh, he also is looking at the window, seeing what happened. And then he looks at her with just this perfect look. And it's all encompassing of every emotion that he's ever felt. And it's just assured. It's at peace. He realizes what has happened. Um, and he basically tells himself, okay. And he knows that he is going to have to fight. And it's just that I, I paused till the next day yeah. to read this and seeing that instantly brought me back immediately yeah. to where I was the day before reading the previous issue. And I mean, to just gut wrenching. And it's in the first five panels, the art that, uh, is done this, yeah, it's oh fantastic. My God. It's so understated. It's wildly understated. Yeah, like, I you agree. look at this art and you're not like, Oh man, this is the greatest art I've ever seen, but it, it conveys the emotion so well for the story. It story. really nails the emotion. Uh, and, uh, kind of got to the chase a bit. Uh, York does beat Alter or uh, or gets a position of power over her. He takes her out to the streets because he realizes that it's basically just a suicide mission for Alter. Uh, she wants to die uh, in battle as a soldier. Uh, she even says her real name, uh, which is believed when she does that she'll be destined to die when saying her real name. Uh, York just brings her out in front of her soldiers, knocks her in the back of the head unconscious, and just says, this is over. And the soldiers lay down their arms. Yeah, because um, they lost faith in their leader, and without Alter, there is no more reason to pursue York anymore. And that essentially is is how this ends. And then the final issue is basically just one big uh, epilogue. Yeah, and you know what? I kind of want to leave that up to you guys to read. Um, we've detailed a lot of the stuff that goes on here, but the epilogue is something that's really special and it's kind of tough to put into words. And I'm not often the sentimental type, uh, especially when it comes to comic books. It's something that I am passionate about that I love, but I think this is something that you should really read for yourselves. Uh, if you've listened this long, uh, fuck you. If you haven't gone <laughs> and, and bought at least the first five trades of why the last man, I guarantee you can get them dirt cheap. Uh, there's going to be, why the last man series, which we've talked about several times, fingers crossed. Um, but yeah, I mean, we don't have to discuss last issue, but I, I'm sure you were the same way, but there's a moment in the last issue where like it killed me the first time I read it and even rereading it, I knew it was coming and it still destroyed me. Yeah. That it, uh, I, I can't even find the words, but we'll leave that, uh, for you, dear readers to discover or rediscover on your own. Uh, if you, if you're, I mean, or or intimately familiar with the Y series, you have no reason not to pick it up and reread it again because it's just as good the second, third, or twelfth time that you read it as it is the first time. Yep. And these moments won't hit uh any softer with any rereads, as I have discovered. No. If anything, they hit harder. Uh I agree. And because you because you know their fate. Uh it, yeah, not there's only nothing that, you can do to to change it. Maybe it's because I'm I've literally turned thirty next month. And about a month to the day that we're recording this, I'll be turning 30 and maybe it's that mortality salience, <laughs> like thinking about people dying. Like, and maybe it's just like a, a bittersweet thing, but it just hits home. It, yeah. it just really strikes home. And it's not a situation I will ever be in, in my entire life, but you feel 
what an uplifting way to end this episode. Yeah, let's uh, let's uh, all just have a moment of silence for ourselves. Uh, so I will say, no moment of silence. Uh, oh, that was a very uh, brief moment of silence. That's all we deserve. Uh, we're not going to rate this on a scale of 1 to 10. I mean, you, you know we both love this series. Alex just said um, it was perfect not long ago, and I will mirror that sentiment exactly. Uh, so eventually, sometime in 2019, we will start at least one more classic series. If you have any recommendations for what that could be, uh, feel free to email us at henshinofcomics at gmail.com. Uh, post it on our Instagram. Uh, also, just subscribe to our podcast download. Uh, tell your mom's cousin about it. Uh, tell your mom's friends about it. Tell your mom I said hi. Well, for the Henchman of Comics, I'm Alex Ashback. And I'm not the last man. Henchman ain't easy.